Friday morning. That's my song. It's your boy coming at you just below the roof, above the second floor, the nonprofit sector connector, your boy, Tommy D coming at you from the attic about 16 months here in the attic. Now, 26 episodes of philanthropy and focus in the universe. It all started out as an idea. It all started out as an idea in my head. It was a calling. And I, in fact, I was listening to a, an interview with, uh, with my, my guest here today, my new friend, Genevieve. And, and I was thinking about what happened with philanthropy and focus and it, what her story really <laughs> brought something up for me because uh, we get these callings in life. We get these callings, we get these opportunities, something knocking in, inside or knocking on our, our, our head and saying, hey, here's this thing you need to go do. Uh, maybe we didn't look for it, maybe we didn't ask for it, but I think it's the universe or God or whatever uh, you subscribe to that's telling you that this is where you're supposed to go. So um, so Genevieve, you know, uh, I, I haven't even inter- introduced the show yet and I'm already in the, in the meeting. Hold, <laughs> hold on, Tommy D, relax, settle down, kid. I am the nonprofit sector connector every single week on Friday mornings, 10 a.m., Eastern time here on talkradio.nyc on the Facebook talking alternative broadcasting, you will find my show philanthropy and focus because I know that nonprofits do incredible work all the time. They make an incredible impact and I don't think they're recognized enough for it. I don't think that um, people are aware of all the work. Not everybody. I know some people are in the know and and aware of this, but my deal is I want to highlight and spotlight nonprofit organizations. So every single Friday morning, you can join me in my attic. Don't, don't show up in my house and start knocking. I'm not actually inviting you guys to come to the attic, virtually in the attic, you come hang out with me. And maybe one day I will have a studio set up like an attic. There was a movie Wayne's world. And one time when Wayne and Garth got the deal and they were like going to put them on TV, they literally made Wayne's like basement, like in the studio. So maybe one day when Tommy D is a big deal, they'll have a, uh, a studio that looks like my attic and we'll do the show from there one day. But anyway, that's not what we're doing right now. We're doing the show from my real attic in my real house. I am here to just amplify the message. I bring on a founder, a executive director of a nonprofit each week. Sometimes it's one in the same. Sometimes in, in the case of today, it's somebody who was the founder and the leader and has now sort of moved on and, and let the organization uh, uh, kind of advance uh, further um, without her being involved in the day-to-day. So let me, let me just, first of all, I have some stuff I want to read about your background and bio, Genevieve, but let me just say, before we even dive into that, good morning. Welcome to the show. Welcome to my attic. I appreciate you being here. How are you this morning? I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you, Tommy. You know, you are a big deal. What you're doing to highlight um, nonprofits is is so helpful. I mean, we need all the help we can get. We need all the eyes. We need, you know, the support. And we we all have our stories and we want to hear yours. And, you know, we, we hope you want to hear ours. Absolutely. And th- thanks for saying that. And, you know, um, I'm a big fan of Tommy D, to be honest with you. You know, the character. Look, yes, I'm a big fan of me, but like the whole thing, I'm a fan of. So I appreciate you saying that because I know what I'm doing is impactful, but I, I I just, it was my calling. It was something that I was I was brought into. It was an idea I had for two and a half years. I said, I'm going to run a podcast and all I'm going to do is interview leaders of organizations and help them tell their story. Like that was it. But for two years, I didn't do it. And now I, you know, this is the way something I got this persona I have uh, uh, this platform and now I get to bring people on and help them tell their story. And I think it is making an impact. So thank you for noticing it and recognizing it and acknowledging. I appreciate you appreciating me. (laughs) So, all right. Best-selling author, speaker, personal strategist, founder of Pajama Program, inspires people to find more meaning in their lives and to do more of what they love. I totally dig that comment there because I am at a point in my life where I'm saying, I like doing this show a whole lot. I really enjoy this. I want to do this five days a week. Okay. How do I do that? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Right. So it's this whole thing. And we'll talk about this today about getting into like, I do this thing because I get money from doing that thing. Right. Or maybe I Mm -hmm. thought I liked it and it's not as full. And I'm not just speaking for my own personal. I think people end up in jobs and careers in situations and scenarios that are not giving them juice every day. That are not getting them fired up, but they do it because of responsibility, whatever, that there's a, a variety of reasons. So Genevieve Pitoro was a TV executive for, for in New York City for over 20 years when a little girl's comment or question rather changed and sparked an, an entirely different idea, took her in an entirely different direction. Um, 2001, 
founded Pajama Program, which we'll be talking about. Listen to this, folks. I, I love the big numbers, okay? Seven million new pajamas and new books have been given to children through 63 chapters across the country. I could sit here and read all these accolades, but why don't you tell me the story, Genevieve, just like, how did this happen? I I know some stuff, but how, tell, tell the folks who didn't listen already and don't know some of this, what happened? How how does your TV executive, I I heard a comment on another show that you were, so you said, um, you kind of had like, you were like Mary Tyler Moore, right? Like, and, (laughs) You know, she throws a hat up in the air, everybody. If you used to watch, I always watch that on Nick at night. You know, boom, she throws a hat up. And then, um, so what, how, you were doing that, career's going great. What happens? Yes, exactly. I, I thought I'd be Mary Tyler Moore. She was my idol and she was success to me, a single woman in a big city in the entertainment business. You know, she had a great apartment, great friends, great clothes. And as a young girl, and the first of four in an Italian, father off the boat from Italy, household, being Mary Tyler Moore was not expected. Mm. And, you know, I know that my, my parents wanted me to be, you know, cared for, meaning probably a husband and mm. have children and grandchildren for them, you know, their firstborn, a girl. But um, I secretly had a different plan. And um, I followed my plan, much to their dismay for a while. But that's what I wanted. So I did go to school. My dad came here to give us educations and all of that. But um, I went to work right away. And I wanted to climb that, mm-hmm. that ladder and, and be a woman, you know, successful in a, in a man's world. And then it was men in New York City in the entertainment business, lots of them. So I did that for over 12, 15 years. And, I, and it was a whirlwind experience. You know, it was... It was crazy and you didn't really have time to stop and think. You were just moving, moving up and moving out. So one day, though, in my apartment, I heard a voice in me. And I think it was probably audible to me because it was one of the first quiet days. I hardly ever stopped and they never listened to to myself. And I heard a voice ask me, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this enough? And it really spooked me. First, because I, I'd never heard it, but then I realized it must have been there, sort of knocking, and I was just too busy or lazy or didn't trust what those little voices were trying to tell me along the way. And when I stopped right then and there, it literally took seconds to start to think, gee, I'm alone. Maybe there was something about my parents' dreams for us that was significant, you know, not to be alone not to have no one to care for or to care for you. So I immediately thought I didn't have children. Maybe there was a way I could bring children who needed love into my life. So I started calling shelters in New York and in Yonkers where I lived, where where I grew up out of Manhattan. And I asked where they bring these children that I read about, the ones we all see and hear about that are are traumatized and that are abused and and hurt in you know horrific ways where do they bring these children I know the police and social workers take them somewhere and they gave me a couple of places I called and I and I literally said I'm a nice person can I come and read to the children and they responded you know the same way sure you sound like a nice person and that was pre-9-11 so everything was different and I went in and I started to read to children at night in my business suit I was very unprepared I sat on the floor because in this pretty bare room they sent me to, there wasn't much there, very little chairs for little kids. And I saw those little faces at the door and they ushered them in. They were so timid and they saw me sitting on the floor. So they sat on the floor and I pulled out storybooks in my bag and I just started reading storybooks. I knew nothing. I didn't know what to expect. And I soon realized after a couple of times, that was the most still I had been in 20 years and the most grounded and connected in some way to them and to myself. One night, um, maybe a month in of doing this once or twice a week, I said, let me see, I wonder where they're taking them to go to sleep after I finished reading with them. And I followed. And when I peered in and saw two, maybe more on one cot, small sofas, nothing to change into. Some of them were crying. Their clothes were soiled. I knew they'd been wearing these same clothes for, for, you know, as long as they, I, I could figure. 
until they sort of found the clothes for them and had them changed. Some were there for a day, some a few days, and they were being processed, which to this, to this day, Tommy, I hate that word. And I saw in my, in my mind memories of my mom and our bedtime with my sister, my brothers in their room, and my sister and I in my room, and just that love and comfort and giggling and, of course, pajamas and, you know, story after story and that kiss on the forehead and the, you know, just the kind words and the prayers. And here I am looking at this lonely bedtime that I said, this is all wrong. And the only words that fell out of my mouth as they ushered me to the door was, can I bring some pajamas next time? Mm. And they thought that was a nice idea. And so I did. And I started handing them out. And after I read the story, I had the kids stand in a line and one by one, I'd give a child a pair of pajamas I pulled out of my bag that I thought would fit them. And I spent, you know, the whole week, not worrying about my job, but worrying, did I have enough, the right sizes, the right pink, the right blue. And when I got in this one this place, halfway through the line for this little girl, she was sort of a mess. Her, her pigtails were lopsided and her, her clothes were soiled. And she was so, so, so timid and frightened. She wouldn't take the pajamas. And I kept trying, kept coaxing her. And she stood off to the side because she just kept shaking, no, no, no. And they, they just took her to the side. And she watched me. And finally, when the rest of the kids took their pajamas and went to that room to sleep, I went back over to her and I tried again and I, and I coaxed her. And I said, honey, they're so soft. I know they'll fit you. Don't you want your pajamas? And she leaned in and she whispered, what are pajamas? And that was it. That, that was it. That was it. it. It was an obsession from that moment on. And it was, it was like for so many people who start nonprofits or who find their purpose, it's emotional. Mm-hmm. 100%. It can happen in a moment. And that was the beginning of my obsession and the end of the passion or any interest I had for a job. So that was, that was the end. That was the end of the old Genevieve Pitoro and then, and then this new, I I don't, not to get too poetic and wild about it, but it was a rebirth. It was moving into, and I can, I can relate to this type of experience, like seeing like, well, that's not it anymore. Like that doesn't, I don't, I don't get fired up about that. This young girl, (laughs) what are pajamas first of all right what are pajamas well that's a that's maybe there's a deeper meaning to what that question there right love and 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 warmth and comfort right but but this young lady this 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 girl didn't even know what didn't understand what it was like you know and again i have four children so you 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 know you have uh you grew up one of four so you you know you kind of could relate to that um I want to take one thing away and I, I want people to ponder this. We're going to run through a quick break gang, but what Genevieve said there, if this is the next 30 years, is this enough? Think about that. Think about that. Everybody, when you go to your next meeting, when you go, if this is, if this is what you're going to be doing, is this where you want to be? When we come back, we're going to be talking about purpose, passion and pajamas. And what is your purpose? It's not bad to go do a job. It's, it's, it's responsible. It's, it's appropriate in a lot of ways. But is that really what gets you fired up? We're going to talk about all that when we come back. Genevieve Pitaro is here in the attic with your boy, the nonprofit sector connector, Tommy D. Two minutes. We'll be right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness 
that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m. So tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. I always get a chuckle when we come back from that first break, and so does my guests usually because they haven't heard the lyrics before. And, uh, I, you know, one of my boys, I, I have two sons and two daughters, one of my boys calls me Mr. Static right now because he sings the song, cut through all the static, and he goes, Mr. Static in the attic. So uh, <laughs> that song is is all around my house. All right, it's your boy, Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector in my attic, as as the song tells you, um, with Genevieve Patoro, founder of pajama program speaker author inspirational person here's listen to this the, t- the name of the tedx talk is one idea plus the human connection equals seven million pajamas and books one idea plus the human connection equals seven million pajamas and books what is the impact of one idea everything you look around your room wherever you are right now folks came out of the idea it was a seedling that somebody came up with like let's just talk about this show for an for a second here i think it's making an impact i think it's amplifying the message for nonprofit organizations but if i wasn't tapped with this idea call it god call it universe call it whatever call it just your own internal call maybe it's soul i don't know but i was grabbed and said to do this thing and people are responding to it and it's making an impact Genevieve was tapped. Something was knocking. Maybe it was there the whole time, like you said, but you didn't. We're so busy. We're doing the thing that we never, a lot of us don't. I don't want to say all of us. A lot of us don't get a chance to sit back and sit and think quietly. It doesn't have to be meditation, although meditation is great, but it could It just sit in silence and listen and you'll hear things and, you know, um, try it out. Paul Rubin, my buddy, Camp, good morning. Checking in on Facebook. He's saying people who start nonprofits, it's emotional. Great quote. He loves your, you know, he loves what you had to say about that. Paul runs an organization, Camp, good morning. Um, Tragically, one in seven children will lose a parent or a sibling or one or the other or both uh, before the age of 20. And Paul runs this organization out here on Long Island, which is a camp for children who are mourning the loss of a parent or sibling. So that's beautiful. isn't it? So there's probably something here that maybe the pajama program can hook in with that. Steve Fry, my buddy who comes on the show, does the program right after my show, always Friday, always checking out on Facebook. He loves the name of your book. He loves the name of it. Let's get into the, let's get into the story. Steve Fry, always Friday, runs his show with shades on the whole thing. You'll, you'll like his show um, as well. All right. So tell me, tell me the story. You're at, you have this career, super successful you have everything these are my words correct me if i'm wrong that you think you want right you got it all this was it like right but something was missing how do you get from sitting on the floor talking to these children who are going through tragic times in their life and and reading them books and bringing the pajamas to creating an organization that has 63 chapters is, is making such an impact how does that happen well, as I mentioned, I was obsessed. So a lot of um, a lot of entrepreneurs share that. <laughs> a lot of us jump and then figure out how to swim, and that's definitely me. That's my signature. Um, not always the best way. You know, some are very thoughtful, which is probably something I lacked. Could have used a little dose of thoughtful and planning and preparation, but um, I I was obsessed. So my my personal story is. 
um, is, is just that. I, I jumped in and I just, I couldn't think of anything but those kids. And what happened was when I started to bring pajamas, the staff was excited and they told their friends who were staff members of other places, shelters and group homes and you know organizations that served the, the, the kids at risk and families at risk. And the more calls I got, the more steeped into this um, finding finding a solution to this problem thing. And it just it just was mind boggling to me at first that someone didn't know what pajamas were, that there were little kids, uh, uh, kids of all ages. This little girl must have been about six or so. And I just couldn't fathom saying, okay, that, that's sad. You know, I can bring a few, but I've got to get back to my work. Because you were Sorry about that echo. You were done with that at that point, right? That had, there was no going back. It was like, you couldn't say, oh, I mean, so often I'll bring some pajamas and that's cool, but I'm going to go about my life. That wasn't happening. No, I thought it would when I was just reading, but then when the pajama question came up, yes, but I had to keep my job. You know, I, I needed to pay mortgage and I needed to pay my bills, but my, my, my brain, my heart, my soul wasn't sitting there. I was an empty person sitting in a chair. You know, soon I was a workaholic. Now it was nine to five because all I could think about was a long lunch to buy pajamas and leaving the desk as soon as I could to buy pajamas and taking these calls. And back then it wasn't appropriate to answer your cell phone at your desk. So I was hiding this big thing and taking, you know, down all the information. And, you know, it was just, it was overwhelming. And, and in my book, I say, leave the juggling to the clowns because I tried to juggle. And in the middle of all, well, in the beginning of all this, I met a great guy. And I had never wanted to settle down. You know, I, I thought about it, great, great people along the way, but I was on a mission. But when I met him, it seemed the universe, God mm-hmm. had, you know, a plan that said, hey, you may need a little help. You may, this is a great guy, you know, don't be so quick to stay so independent. You know, you could have both. You could have your independence and you can have a great partner. And, you know, when I, when I told him, you know, that I was, really looking to leave the corporate world, I knew how to tell him because he expected a two-income family. He said, go for it. And so I, I knew, I knew that he was sent to me a special gift. So it was, it was really hard, really hard. And I did a lot of damage trying to juggle because my heart was in one place and, and my practical, you know, where's the money was in another place. I hear that that's probably not ideal, the best way to do it, doing that juggling move like you're talking about, but sometimes it's necessary too for people like it, you know, and and you compared it to entrepreneurs where, you know, you can work your nine to five and then it's, what do you do from five to nine or, or five to 2 AM or whatever it is to build your other business. It's not, not necessarily ideal. Although sometimes, you know, I don't think people should be discouraged too and not take a shot at stuff because, you know, they, they need to do it. I, I know it in my own life, you know, and, you know, having full-time gigs in the past when, when really my passion lied somewhere else. And, um, but again, there are responsibilities that we have. And what, what have you found that like most people, is there, is there fear that they don't leave, live their purpose and their passion? Is it, they don't even realize that there is something more like I, I find people just, you know, many people in life, I think they get a job and they do a job and, you know, they go to the place and they drive the car and they come to the house and they have the food and they watch the TV and blah, 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 blah. And 70, 80 years can go by and they never actually got to kind of the juice of life. And Mm. is that in your experience and speaking to so many people, is that fear? Is it not even knowing I could have gone and did something or is it, what, what do you have like, an answer to that, like where, why people don't get to the point where they're just like in state, like Tony Robbins would say in state, like being in state, like they're just fired up and juiced. And like, what's your experience with that? Why why people don't get there? I think for many of us, we weren't raised that way. We weren't raised from a young age that finding your purpose could be your job Mm -hmm. and that it was the right way to go and all the benefits not only to you feeling fulfilled but to the greater good because it does it does spread out to your 
the people in your life, if you're happy and you're doing something wonderful that you can't wait to do every day, you're bringing that energy and enthusiasm. It, it spreads to those in your, in your group, your family, your friends, the community. It's for the greater good, whether it's a nonprofit or not. And I don't think we were given that option. I never thought that, that there was something um, out there that was just for me to do. Hmm. I think a lot of those people in my generation, your generation, were expected to get a job. And we expected that of ourselves, to follow a path that had already been taken. Because that was success, support, that was known. There were people who could open doors for us. And those existed, those paths existed. But when you find your purpose, it's not a one-size-fits-all, like a job, one-size-fits-many. It's your own. And unless you are supported from day one, when you are young, in that it, it's something that's personally yours, you have a right to investigate it and to build your career, your life, your work around this purpose, then I think it, it would be different for so many of us. But the younger people, the younger people, and I speak to a lot of them, they are more, more so than we were. they more... That are on purpose. And if they are going for a job, you know what they ask in the interview? What community service does this organization support? I never asked that. And I think it's so, it's so beautiful that that's part of the process for them choosing where they might want to work. But for so many of them, the entrepreneur is the way to go. And they are, they are more in tune with that as an option, as a, as a group. I, I couldn't agree with you more on all that part. And, and what was coming up for me while he was speaking was somebody had just mentioned this to me, like within the last 24 hours, they said, I'm, we're, I can't remember who it was off to look back at my notes, but they said, I'm going to hook you up with a nonprofit organization, somebody out on the West coast. And what they're doing is they're trying to do away with this understanding of the starving artist. They're trying to do away with the fact that like, yeah, you know, if you're an artist and you don't have somebody supporting you, you know, then you're never going to make it or those slim few will make it or I don't know enough about it, but, but, but it's in my head. It's, it's, and you're, as you were talking, because what I was getting from that and what you were saying and what I was thinking about as well is you don't have to struggle just because you want to live your passion. Like you can actually turn what it is you dig my vernacular. That's how I talk. I really dig doing this thing. Well, make, do that thing and somehow create revenue, create content, create, especially in this day and age where you can just do things like what we're doing right here. And this becomes a, it's a the, the playing field is, is leveled. Like, you know, we can reach people, whether it be YouTube, whether it be doing videos and, and podcasts and things like this, but you can get access to people. If you want to tell a good story and there's a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, who I've watched a lot of his stuff. And, and, and one of the things that I picked up from him over the years is that if you're passionate about something, and that's really where a lot of this podcast with philanthropy and focus comes from, if you're passionate about something and you're fired up about it, you'll find your audience. You will find the people, your, your quote unquote tribe is you find your tribe, right? That kind of deal. And like, that's what I'm, I'm digging this conversation so much. We got to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'd love to flow this into sort of the organization as well, but I do want to hear more about your experience around around purpose and maybe some research you've done for the book and, and and things like that. So let's talk about that when we come back. We'll do a little bit more on purpose, passion, and um, and then let's talk about pajama program and what it actually looks like and what that looks like to individuals each day. Cool. All right, let's do it. Tommy D in the attic. Genevieve Petoro is here. Purpose, passion, pajamas in the pajama program. We'll be back in two minutes. Don't go too far. Bye. You're listening to. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. 
Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Join Tommy in his attic. Well, that's me. Join me in my attic every single Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time to 11 a.m. where I amplify the message for nonprofit organizations. Nonprofits change our world, man. Listen up. They change our world. Plug in and listen to me tell the story alongside them. I want to read something. I want to read a quote from my guest today, Genevieve Pitoro. You deserve the most fulfilling life possible to be a better, more impactful leader in both your personal and professional life. To be, You deserve that, guys. You have this opportunity. She says, I want you to listen to your heart's voice, follow your purpose, your passion, and find your pajamas. I love alliteration, man, especially when it's with a P's, like philanthropy and focus, P-H-O-C-U-S. Um, let's talk about it. What Did you do any research was was this more just from the heart and from your soul or did you do some work on this to talk about purpose and and passion both so it's the journey very honest raw my journey of the ups and downs because i wanted to inspire people but also let them know that for their fears and their worries and their anxiety i know i've been there i've had very difficult times very stressful times in, you know, personally and professionally to get this done, but it worked out. And, um, you know, so I wanted to give back some of the inspiration that I've received from so many people who supported um, me and pajama program through 20 plus years. So it's that, but also there, there, I talked to so many people and there's something that sustains you when you feel a purpose to what you're doing. Where if you have a job and, and you you know you don't really like it, your tendency is to leave, and then you find another job, and it's only a matter of time before you realize, oh, this isn't filling me. And until now, and I think now it's getting better. There wasn't a lot of um, of mission, purposeful leadership happening in so many corporate settings. Now people realize that. The top person has to spread their the purpose of what they're, they're all doing. So everybody buys in and everybody feels it and everybody wants to be part of that purpose because that changes everything, including success. So when when so many people are unfulfilled, they don't they don't stick anything out. But when they are on purpose and they are doing something that is motivating them. They, they tend to stay for the long haul, no matter how rough it gets. And, and that's amazing that it can get so much rougher as an entrepreneur than when you're a corporate employee, yet you stay. 
well, I guess you say because you're living your passion, right? Like it's in, yeah. in bigger. But but you can, you know, and other people, and maybe I maybe I come on too strong sometimes, gang. And and you know, if you're an employee and you're digging what you do, that's awesome. I'm not yeah. saying everybody needs to go out and, and be an entrepreneur, or create a nonprofit. But if you're not, and there's something else for you in this life, and I'm 43 years old. I, I, my expectation is I got another 50 or so years, you know, if I stay off the sugar, you know, I'll be in good shape. You know, <laughs> those sentiments, cookies are killer. Um, the cakes too, but it's, um, if, if there's something that I, I figure I got 50 years, how can I make an impact? You know, if I was in somebody else's organization, a cog in the wheel, I don't think I'm making an impact. And if that's how you feel, that you're just a cog in a wheel and not really helping your, your fellow woman, your fellow man, then, then do this other stuff, get involved. And maybe it's not, you know what, maybe your passion, ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls and children of all ages is not, um, it, you don't have to leave what you're doing. Maybe your passion is you want to on the weekends or in the evening support a nonprofit organization. Maybe your passion is, um, you want to read to children who, who don't have people to read to them. Maybe, I, I don't, maybe you want to work in the soup kitchen, do that. This is kind of, this was not even where I was going to go with it, but I'll say it. I've committed that I'm doing 60 days of service before the end of this year. It is June 25th, 2021. Before that ball falls in Times Square, I will have done 60 days of service for nonprofit organizations. I'm telling you that not to tell you about me, but maybe that would inspire you. Maybe you want to do service. I'm going to be doing these for organizations. Um, watch what I'm going to be doing. Maybe you want to be involved. Hashtag 60 days of service to follow it on all the uh, the social media stuff. But um, maybe that's your passion. Maybe it's just to find ways to help. So let's talk about you, you, you bring these pajamas, you give these pajamas out, Genevieve, and, and then a nonprofit happened. wait a minute how'd that happen you didn't just show up yeah right like samantha from bewitched yeah right yeah not like um genie that one was genie yeah genie oh that was i dream of genie right samantha wiggled her nose right genie did this yeah 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 oh you can do that or i could wiggle my nose or i never tried that uh for for if you're just listening to if you're only listening and not watching we're wiggling our noses right now all the tv from the uh 70s mary tyler and bewitched bewitched i loved and we're talking merrily tyler moore this is like it's like nick at night nickelodeon at night right right right. (laughs) um so how did that happen how do you go from that well um it was an obsession. So while I didn't tell anybody, of course, at work and didn't tell many people, um, a couple of close friends knew what I was, I was going to shelter with, with pajamas. People started to drop them off. Yeah. And somebody called and uh, a local newspaper started and said, oh, you're, you know, you're in our hometown. We'll write a little story. And so they did. And so more people learned locally and they wanted to help. So this was growing. I really didn't tell anyone because I write it in my book. You need to have your cheerleaders lined up before you go telling people that you're going to jump off the corporate ladder because a lot of people will think you're crazy. Not only that, but for me, one friend just knocked me down and I, I had already had a glass of wine. She had a glass of wine. I thought this was going to be a nice you know, yeah. evening of telling her how excited I was that this was happening. And all she did was shoot questions at me. How are you going to support yourself? Why would you think you're changing their lives? My goodness, you're only talking about pajamas. I did you tell your bosses? What are you going to do? And I, it was a sucker punch after sucker punch. And I realized, you know, and that was a big lesson to have your supporters, your cheerleaders lined up because you're you going to thought them. she was going to be one of them. It sounds I like yeah. I thought I was trying it out, but I never expected that kind of uh, an attack. But um, anyway, it. It grew slowly with with outside people hearing, but it wasn't a 501c3. I didn't even know what, I didn't know how to do this, but a national magazine wrote a tiny article, this big in parenting magazine, and thousands and thousands of boxes and packages, and I was married this time, came to my one bedroom. Oh, jeez. It was overwhelming the doorman was yelling at me thinking i'd started some kind of a business and and using that address and hold on on. thousands of boxes thousands because you imagine a national magazine back in the early 80s was it 90s it was magazines were, were it 
and right there was no, this is, there's not facebook there's not internet no you're, no but how did they find you like somehow they were able i didn't think i should unlist myself right so they just your name was in the article yeah they look you up yeah <laughs> yeah it was this big and it was interesting because i didn't know it then but I was waiting for the day they told me it was going to be on the stands. But if you were a subscriber, you got it a week or two before. So this is showing stands. up before it's hit the stands box. Yes. Oh, my God. Subscribers. Oh. And it was a tiny article. but And it was right after 9-11 when all of us in the country, but certainly where I was in New York, felt connected. Talk about connection. Right yeah. And, oh, my goodness, I could send pajamas. I could send. And the boxes and boxes were, were piled up in, in the first day that my husband and I were eating on them and, you know, we couldn't find each other. And for days and we were opening them, you know, every day and crying because the letters were just so, so beautiful. And you could see $5 and you know, by the handwriting, it was a senior. And we knew this person took it out of their, you know, their bread money. And one letter was a corporate letter. And it said, please send us your 501 C three so we can consider you for a grant. And I looked at my husband I said, what is this thing? 501 parentheses C parentheses. And that was the beginning. Did he know? No, my (laughs) husband teaches meditation. And to this day, he tells people this story. And he says, and that was the day we found out what a 401k is. (laughs) Same day. (laughs) No, he thought he gets the initials mixed up. I have to know, I have to say to him, 501c3. Not right. 401. <laughs> oh no. Oh, so God. finding that 501c3. Oh, I, I, now I'm getting what you're saying. He thought we were talking. He said that's when we found he out. He just gets the initials mixed up because he's not a money guy. <laughs> right, right, and, right. And he's not a nonprofit guy. So, <laughs> but that education that. of what a nonprofit is was new to me. And that involved lawyers and right. accountants, you know how it is, and all yeah. those things. And it was overwhelming. But it wasn't a choice. It was a responsibility. At well, that at that point. point, you're in, you know, you're, you're in for what do I say? You're in for penny, you're in for pound. You're in now. You, whether, you know, you know what? Now it's time to lean in Genevieve, right? The universe, God, whatever it's saying to you, lean in kid. This is a thing now. Yes. So now you have to, right? What is that? There's that quote I'll find during the break, but you know, when opportunity, then a leader emerges, when the opportunity presents itself, the leader emerges, something to that effect, right? Where it's like, you, now you got to do it. Got thousands of boxes of pajamas and a bunch of $5 bills. Better right. figure this thing out. Right. So we're, we're going to take a break in a minute. But programmatically, I want to talk about that quick when we come back. And I want to talk about really the future of the organization, maybe what some of the needs of the organization are. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll be back in two minutes. It's your boy, Tommy D, nonprofit sector connector in the attic. I'll see you guys soon. Bye. Two minutes. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Each week I'm in the attic on Friday mornings at 10 a.m. amplifying the message for nonprofit organizations. I believe nonprofits change our world. And if you've been paying attention, you probably believe that too, because I say it all the time. So I believe they change our world. And I think it's our responsibility to recognize um, fund these organizations where the funding means dollars or it could mean volunteer service um, and support these organizations and help them tell their stories. And that's what this show is all about. Today, Genevieve is telling me the story about pajama program. So we've heard a lot about it. We've heard a lot about the background, how we got here. So what does pajama program do and, and, you know, how does it help support those in need? Um, well, we believe every child has a right to a good night and, and good nights make for good days. You know, how, how can these children thrive when their bedtime and their routine is, you know, is, is not comforting and, and is not just that, a routine so they know. And so do the caregivers, you know, what a, a good bedtime consists of. So we're, we're all about the bedtime. And, you know, a couple of years ago when I went to our board of directors and said, you know, I've taken pajama program from zero to here unexpected that um you know it was totally unexpected that we'd be here with you know the support we have and the chapters we have and I really want to continue speaking and telling our story because to me that was how we we were successful because we need to share our stories and people need to feel connected and I wanted to write the book. So we, I suggested that we hire a, a great executive director to take my place as executive director. And I just wanted to make, you know, my, my own living, telling our story in my book and in my, in my words and by coaching people to find their purpose. So um, for the most updated information, pajamaprogram.org and um, our executive director, Jamie there, I can make the introductions to anybody who wants to email me, mm-hmm. really can speak to that. But we are all about the bedtime and how important it is for these children who are at risk, who for whatever reason um, have not had that stable, consistent um, comfort and you know, pajamas and story time or, or you know, any of the bedtime routines that so many of us took for granted because that is such a big part of how their next day goes and, and they need the support. So what is the big, I'm, I'm looking on my phone I'm, because I, a friend of ours that you don't know we have in common uh, wanted me to give you a shout out on the show. So I'm looking to just see how she referenced what the, um, the event was. So uh, my friend, Erin Dynan, who was on the show a couple of weeks oh, ago. Oh, one sandwich at a time. Right on, exactly. So Erin was saying that you ran a nonprofit pitch contest two years ago and one sandwich at a time was, was the winner. Yes. Yeah. That was a couple of years ago. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's what I wanted to do. You know, when I, and when I passed along the executive director torch to, to inspire people. And I started with this group of nonprofits and Erin's a New Yorker who has a great story. Yep. Shared her sandwich with a stranger in Grand Central who looked hungry and she's doing incredible heart filled work and the support and the volunteers are just, you know, a mirror of her passion. It's a special organization she has there. She's a special lady. And um, I was on a call with her yesterday, uh, separate from this text message, somewhere along the line, she found out you were going to be on the show today. She texted me last night. But um, I was on, when I had her on my show a couple of weeks ago, I leave this to, to speak with another friend of mine, executive director and director of human resources of another organization out on Long Island, who'd been on the show in the past and the whole thing. And I'm fired up and, and my friend who's the, who's the ED at this other organization that we were meeting with on a separate uh, topic says, I miss being in the attic with you. I miss the song. So this is like a business meeting. And I start singing my theme song like in, in, the, in the business meeting. And she goes, who was on the show? So I said, Aaron Dynan, one sandwich. I, I started to tell the story. And now there's this p- potential. And we had a meeting about it yesterday. This potential collaborative um, call it a, a, a team building exercise where the nonprofit out here on Long Island and one sandwich at a time and me are going to sort of partner up together uh, and make bunches of sandwiches and potentially <laughs> partner like with a third organization to take to receive the sandwiches. So it's just 
it's it's just special stuff it's this this sector is it's all about that it's all about connecting it's all about adding value um what what is a a, like you have all these chapters if we go back to the nonprofit for a second we can certainly share jamie's information jamie you said is the ed now right yes yes yeah we can share jamie's information at the end of the show but um do people do people come to the program if they need um if they need uh, excuse me, if they need pajamas, I had another, <laughs> I had another nonprofit popping in my head about diapers all of a sudden that I was going to say if they need diapers, but that's not the show. Um, if they need pajamas or is it more the other nonprofits that have children with a need will come in? How, how does that all work? Well, every day we're sending boxes around the U S to you those are okay. our, our community partners that we've vetted that, um, are, are caring for these children. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. And we have two reading centers, which we are hoping will open again this fall, where children come in groups from either schools that are appropriate or groups. Um, it could be shelters. It can be um, you know, any, any place where these children are assembled as a group. So they come in groups. We have volunteers who read to them and give them pajamas and let them choose the books to take and the whole bedtime program is expanding and for that check on pajamaprogram.org okay in person we're hoping we'll come back in the fall like everything else we yeah. miss we miss all of that you know and everybody all the volunteers miss being with the children of course yeah, yeah. Where, where are the reading centers one is in manhattan on okay. east 34th street and one is in atlanta georgia oh no kidding really yeah. mm-hmm. okay yeah. all right very cool um I want, you know, we have actually talk about networking and connecting. Got to give a shout out before the show's over to um, our friend Michelle Jackson, who connected us together. You know, we wouldn't have known each other. We wouldn't have connected if she hadn't connected us. And um, mm-hmm. she and I network together. So that's very cool. Um, so Atlanta, Georgia, we have, I have some people down in Atlanta, Georgia. Ah, so, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they can we- check also on pajamaprogram.org and they'll see information about the Reading Center in Atlanta. Yeah, everyone can go on there and see who the right person is to connect with. Even if you are in, you know, in any city, in any state, go to the chapters page. Yeah. And put in your zip code and you'll find who to connect with. Love it. All right. So this is a special a special organization. Certainly purpose is right on. Passion is there. We know that. And I love the word, which always had like a negative connotation, I think. Um, but you've used it several times. I don't think it's negative, but you said you were obsessed. That's how people get things done. You get obsessed, man. Get obsessed about something, um, you know, and, and then because then you're just going to friggin' do it, right? Like, you're going to run through walls, you know, whatever. Things are going to get in your way. Yeah, you, know, you know that thing you were talking about with, with a friend? You had that glass of wine and didn't kind of go so well. I've seen that bucket of crabs. You know, they say, you know, if you put, like, if you want to keep the crabs, you don't have to put a lid on it. You just have to put at least one other crab in there because when one crab tries to get out, the other crab will just rip them down right back yeah. into the bucket. That's some people are crabs. Yeah. Like, and that's, and they just want to kind of bring it down. But the obsession that you have for something is, um, is really what makes it go forward and, and makes you be nonstop, unstoppable and, and really make it happen. What are you personally looking for now these days? Is it, is it more, uh, is it speaking opportunities? Is it, you know, group trainings? Like what, how do, you know, I'm connected. My people who are listening are connected. What what do you yeah what are you personally looking for Genevieve? Yes, I, I love to speak. I love to tell the story, and I love to inspire people because I've been inspired all these twenty two so years, and I thought through this this whole twenty some year process, I've mentored people and I've spoken, and now that's what I want to do. I want to find the groups and the companies that want to really focus on purposeful leadership, and talk about that a lot of it's in my book the lessons I learned um you know one one lesson I, I learned and, and it's one of the reasons I like to speak to groups and have have the it be a discussion is all all my life and most of us have heard that phrase the power of one one person changes everything you know one person this one person that and I thought the same thing you know Oprah and all these people found their purpose one person you know, like Gandhi and you know yeah. Albert Einstein but I've learned in these 20 years, and I say it all the time, and I put it in my book, it's not the power of one that changes things. It's the power of one another mm-hmm. that moves mountains and moves people. And that's the human connection. That's how you get something done. It's not the power of one that No, changes. it's the power of one another that moves mountains and moves people. 
I have seen it over and over. And, you know, when, when people get that, it changes. Community, man. That's what this is about. It's about community. It's about finding what you're all passionate about. And, you know, I learned something from my friend Ginger Johnson last week. I had it on the board. It's still here. She said, we're not, you know, people will say, I like to be with like-minded people. I like to be with like-minded people. And you know what? Ginger kind of spun this on its head for me the other day. And she said, what you really want to be with is like-valued people. Because like-minded people are yes men, yes women, going to say the same thing. You guys are going to, oh, I love this. I love this term, blah, 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 right? Or challenge each other with great ideas. So like-valued people. So that's a, an idea I'm playing around with. So it's the power of one another. But how can we be creative and then grow together? Every single week on this show, I'm going to bring you nonprofit leaders to tell you their story. Genevieve Patoro, thank you for meeting me in the attic today. I appreciate you. I appreciate our new friendship. And I look forward to meeting you in the real world one day when we're not in yes, you know, yes. Zoom rooms. Um, this is your boy, the Nonprofit Sector Connector, signing off for this week. I will tell you a couple of things I want you to do. I want you, if you want to hook up with me, you can um, follow me. At, um, what can you do? You can look at tommyd.myc on Instagram. If you want to send me an email, you can um, send me an email, tommyd at philanthropy in focus, P-H-O-C-U-S. Um, next week on the program, James Corbett from Project Refit will be here. We're going to be doing the show. We're going to be talking about the great work they're doing for veterans. Stay tuned. Steve Fry's up next. Always Friday. Jeremiah Fox after that here on the network, Entrepreneurial Web, and rounding off this block of business and nonprofit-focused shows will be Joseph Franklin McElroy, Wise Content Creates Wealth. Thank you very much to Kyle and Emily behind the glass hooking up the, uh, the production side of things. Thank you again, Genevieve, for being here. And thank you guys for checking in. If I could be a service in some way, let me know. 60 days of service. So if you're a nonprofit, reach out to me because I'm coming out. I got the GoPro camera. We're going to do the whole thing, amplifying the message. See you soon. Thank you, Tommy. Thank Thank you, Genevieve. Make it a great weekend, everybody. See ya. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. 
This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 